Mm, what a day. What a day it always is. And we just forget, don't we, to come back home to ourselves. So we get so, uh, you know, busy with one thing and then the next and then the next. And this presence is it's always here for us. If we just stop, <laughs> if we just stop and uh, lean in and listen in and Right now we've we've uh, we've connected together, we've prayed together, and we've uh, ignited about how important it is to raise our voice and speak our truth and be in our hearts. And if we if we just feel into now how we feel in our body, how we feel now in our body will be different to how we felt before. And this is due to the connection that we've made with ourselves, not with anyone or anything, just with ourselves. This is coming back and coming home to the present moment that that's here for us all. So, um, yeah, how is everyone? Would anybody like to share anything before we begin? I'm going to put our song back on so that so that Helen can experience what we've just experienced so we can all get into our bodies together so let's do it again because it was nice wasn't it do it again
Getting into our bodies together. Ah, do some inhales and let's let go of the day. Let's let go of this day and remember that we can always come back to our center in our bodies as we are now. Just inhale and hold, exhale. Inhale, really from the pit of our stomach, a big, big inhale. And hold and exhale. We're letting the day go. We've come together. This space is always here for us. Thank you so much for being here. It's always here for us. So would anybody like to share anything? It's just an invitation. There's no pressure. Mm, feels so good to be here with you. <laughs> feels so good. Well, um, we just forget, don't we, that we've got this center and space inside our bodies and life gets so chaotic all day and we end up on autopilot and we're going and going and we feel like sometimes we're in a fucking spiral. Like, where does it even stop? When does it even end? Where, does, where do we get to breathe? This is where we get to breathe and we only get to breathe when we make the choice to know I'm, I'm fucking breathing. <laughs> I'm coming out and I'm making the choice. Otherwise, it just, it keeps going. It keeps going. So, um, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you. We're going to begin our class today, but I sort of feel like I'm not going to do it. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling right now. So we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. Um Okay, Laurie, I've made you host so you can share what we've got on here today. I feel like we're going to go in a different direction to what we've, what these posters are going to say. We'll make a start. Hmm. We've been in our body and now we're, we're coming back to the mind. Because for us to be able to create any change in our life, we have to have an inner standing. So in many of the work that we do within the inner work, there's spirituality, there's body work, and there's mind work. Um, but we need all of them to be able to create change. So if we, if we just do body work, 
like we go and sit in circles, we do singing, we do cow ceremonies. We haven't really got an understanding of what is actually going on inside of us. And that way we can't create change. And if we just do mind work and we don't actually move our body and feel into our breath and ourselves, we can't actually move any of the energies that are within us. So we need to like complete that triangle of, of all of those, one of them being spirituality, tuning into ourselves, nature. So we are going into mind work. So what is victim mentality? So I believe we've all been a victim at some time and, you know, in our life, some period in our life where something has happened to us that we've then held on to those stories and we've created our whole life identity around them stories. Um, it's something that we we have this identity that we've attached to. We sort of, something happened, something happened in our life and we we basically feel like this is us. So we all have experiences in our life. We have experiences in our life, but they don't have, they're not like, they're not us. They're not who we are. They're experiences. So this thing happened. It was an experience. Trauma for us is not what happens in the particular moment. It's what stays in our body afterwards. And we see the trauma that's within our body because of how we behave afterwards. We can become short, defensive, snappy, and we all have this. And no one gets there. And it's a journey and we're all on it. You know, we'll we'll think we've got one thing, you know, right. And then we'll go into a new, a new situation and we'll... We maybe won't speak our truth. We won't speak up for what we're really feeling. Or we won't actually, um, we might snap and get defensive. So there's always two ends of the spectrum. If we're not one, we're another. And we all want to be in the middle. So uh, on this journey, it's it's forever coming back to centre, coming back to centre, coming back to centre, coming back to centre. Am I in truth? Am I in love? Am I in truth? Am I in love? Am I saying what I really feel? Am I coming from a heartfelt place? If I'm not, I need to come back to centre. And we continuously do that and none of us get there. <laughs> you know, anything can can activate for us in any moment, especially if we're constantly learning. And it's, it's having compassion for ourselves as well in them times and being able to raise our voice and, and speak our truth, but come from a space that we're happy with. Because if we don't speak our truth in certain situations, it's sort of like a the pan's on the boil. It's on the boil. It's on the boil. And then it gets to that space where it's like, yeah, it's overboiling now. I'm going to kick off. I am going to lose my shit. And this happens to all of us because we haven't grasped it in the moment. And it's activated us then. So it's being more present and being able to acknowledge things when they're happening and staying in truth. That's on my head. I'm going to speak about that. That annoyed me. I need to bring that to the surface. That, that's not what I felt. And I've been made to feel like, that I'm making someone else feel like something. I don't make anyone else feel like anything. I'm going to speak on that. So it's literally speaking on it, speaking on it, speaking on it, which is difficult for us to do. And when we don't, we have these explosive moments. So it's coming back to center all the time and to love and truth. So if we think of victim mentality, when someone says like, um, there's something I want to speak to you about, we can have this little bubble in our tummy like what like what do they want like what is this and this can come from a feeling of when we felt like we've done something wrong when we were younger you know we we didn't do something right or we were going to get shouted at and this is our inner child coming out because we should never feel like that when someone wants to speak to us we should never feel like we're you know we're in trouble or you know we're going to get told off and this is just I'm just speaking openly here about what some of this you know victim mentality can do to us 
So victim mentality, um, why is it harmful for our growth? We live in a victim life when we are attaching ourselves to our trauma and carrying it forward with us. So we sort of feel like um, this is who we are. And the truth is, we don't actually know who we are without these experiences. So we feel, well, our mind feels safer. Being like, my name's Elizabeth. I'm from Liverpool. I went into care when I was a kid. This happened. This is who I am. Because our mind attaching ourselves to this identity. And we don't get out of it by attaching ourselves to it. So it's like this was an experience that happened. These experiences, as painful as they can be, come into my life to teach me, to open my eyes, to uh, to help and to support me in learning whatever this lesson is. Then I overcome the lesson and I have not attached myself to it. I know it was just an experience for me, for me to be able to learn. So at the heart of um, victims, wounded emotions is in the feeling of powerlessness, feeling unable to make healthy choices in circumstances and relationships. At one point, a victim has been uh, in a victim mentality. It comes to the person who hasn't healed it. So we can, someone could say, oh, you're acting like a victim. And this is because that we may have experienced something when we were younger. And then this experience has just ignited it. Like I feel powerless. I feel like I can't, you know, I feel like I haven't got choices. I feel like I... And this is, this is the mentality that's carried from a previous experience. And this is a block. It's a constraint. It's a chain. And it's actually not real. And we need to have compassion for ourselves in that moment and compassion for other people. If we see somebody else acting as a victim... We're not like, you're acting like a victim. No, actually, there's been a moment in your life that you felt what you're feeling now, and that isn't in this situation. So let's just bring some safety and communication to it because nothing bad's going to happen. And you're allowed to, you know, share your truth. And this is a space of love and no one's going to, um, you know, shout at you for it, for your opinion. Okay. We're left with a damaged sense of self-worth, unhealed of um, in victim abuse and develop unhealthy beliefs and behaviours because a um, a past lack of self of lack of control. When we've experienced victim uh, victimhood and we've experienced having this victim mentality ourselves, uh, it can be a hidden fear of not having control and struggling to be in the present moment, this leads to us becoming over-controlled in ourselves and in our life. So we might feel like we don't control other people, but we might be controlling a lot of circumstances and situations around us. We can even control by leaving situations. I'm not going to put myself in that situation because I can't control it. I'm going to walk away. So we can either, either become attached or we can become avoidant, basically, in both ways, never experiencing the depth of it. we can move into codependency because of this fear because of these blocks that are in our subconscious a victim identity is a belief that the past is more powerful than the present it is the belief that other people and what they did to us is responsible for who we are now for 
our emotional pains and the inability to be our authentic self. So let's just speak here. No one does anything to us. No one does anything to us. Nobody. How we feel is our responsibility. So we are responsible for our inner peace in this moment. And if we can't feel that, it's because there's something that's bothering us, not someone. There's something inside us. When we create that safety within, nobody can mess with that once we've got it. All other people do is trigger the activations that are already within us that we need to bring to the surface. Whilst we all know that everything happens for us, and there's a lot of contracts that we signed before we even incarnated here, and there's a lot of things that people learn us through the pain that we face, at the same time, it's still painful and we still need to acknowledge that because we're not able to move through anything without healing it. So on the both ends of the spectrum, they are true. This is the spiritual knowing of us that, you know, things are lessons and they're here to teach us. Uh, but also the human side of it is like, okay, but this is how I'm feeling right now. And I'm having a human experience because I'm a human and this is how I'm going to move through this. Um, So it's important for us to always keep up keep the balance everything in life is not just the balance if we keep up this right i know this is happening for a reason and i know it's painful and now i don't want it to happen but this is happening okay what is it teaching me but also i'm going to allow myself to feel me fucking emotions i'm going to allow myself to get this glass and literally feel like i want to smash it into the sink this is okay this is all sacred rage anger is good it's important for us it teaches us when uh someone has gone against our boundaries or when we're in a space of a place where we don't believe this anger is a sign of sadness that's coming up something's not happening and it's important for us to feel our rage bypassing this anger like we shouldn't feel it it's not going to get us anywhere because it needs to come up to come out and it, if we don't do that it'll come out on someone else it'll come out in defensiveness it'll come out in um where we snap at people just bear with me i'm just going to plug this in just bear with me thanks for your patience thank you okay so um let's just turn the screen sh sh the share screen off for a minute i feel like that was a lot of information i don't really want to share anything else right now <sighs> um 
does anybody want to share anything? How does anyone feel from what we've what we've just went over? Maybe you don't want to share here. I'll share, Liz. Ah, nice to see you, Helen. You too. Um, I feel like my power's massively being not taken away, but I do feel I don't even feel powerless to be honest. But it would I can see how the situation is invoking those feelings in me that rage, that anger, feeling like um it's in relation to my daughter in the school. And I've just received some news in a letter today. Um, cut a long story short, they've sent me, they've, they've given me her education healthcare plan referral, school-led referral. After issues with communication with them anyway, the Senko gave me a blank one originally and said, oh, we're going to do, we'll sort your consent by email. We think she needs continued support. And then she gave me a blank form and said, could you give us your comments on that? And I went back to her and I said, the form you gave me was blank, you know, could you, could you share with me your actual completed form so I can then give you the comments on it? And it's been in my emails. I didn't realise I had it. She emailed me again the other day saying, you know, could you make sure if you do want to comment, um, we're sending it by Tuesday. So I've just opened it up and I'm absolutely disgusted by what's in it because she's not communicated it to, she's not, the contents of it basically says, we think that your daughter, we, we think that Mila will, um, the likelihood is that she shouldn't remit, that she won't, she shouldn't continue in mainstream um, before secondary and, and if not then, like thereafter, basically. And the fact that they haven't even had the decency to communicate well with me as a parent in relation to Mila, um, just feel infuriated and quite powerless. Being on the other side of a system that I know really well, um, dealing with, like, yeah, just dealing with a system where I feel like I'm not being given a voice, Mila's not understood, She's really not understood. And with a school um, that we've sacrificed so much to obviously come over and stuff, we've like literally relocated our whole lives. Um, for her to be in a school that's washed the hands of her. So I'm in no way a victim, but the anxiety that stuff can cause you when and where you feel like you're not being given that that like the emotions do take over and you're feeling like, well, you know, we're not a victim and Mila's not a victim, but they are trying to victimize us. Mm. Yeah, now I hear you, and that's difficult for anyone to to be able to like it feels like. It's like a rejection, isn't it? That's what it's like. It's like, hang on, I've just 
gave everything and what we've done in our lives to be able to to make this happen and now on the other end you're basically saying it's not happening and so I think I, I think for me I'm such a people person I'm so like I'm more disgusted by the point that they didn't sit me down that they didn't sit sit me and his a dad down and talk to us like human beings mm. and because of their own confidence, um, ignorance, lack of skills of working together with parents, think mm. that they obviously they don't need to do that. They think they're better than other people. God knows what is fuel fueling it. Whether it's just complete oversight, they they that they don't value that. They they don't value working together because if mm. they did we wouldn't we I wouldn't be reading that in a document where I'm like they've, they've not even had the decency to sit me down and have a conversation yeah so how do you feel like you're moving forward from it what's your next how do you what do you feel you're gonna your actions are gonna be <clears throat> She's only in this. She's only in school for this week, and okay. then she's a new class teacher. And I feel like a lot of the information in the school is contradictory. Like some elements of a school report from the class teacher have been positive. Don't think she's got the right one-to-one support. A one-to-one makes the situation worse, to be honest, because she doesn't understand Mila, and she's quite authoritarian, so she's not helping the situation. So I'm asking for her to have a different one-to-one. But my next step is is to send me parents' comments that are not emotionally fueled at all. It'll just be that we agree with an EHCP that we think that Mila will need support. However, we we dispute some of the content of the of the initial referral. But you get an opportunity to give a more in-depth pupils, I mean, like a parent's views as part of the process further down the line. But I will be asking for a meeting with the Senko and the head teacher before the end of this week mm. to address the concerns I've got about the communication because yeah. should be working together, Mila. That's that's literally all I'm going to say to them. Yeah, I need to have this com- conversation before the end of term because I want to start the new term in the right way, and I feel that there's, it's not acceptable. It's not mm. acceptable to communicate with parents in that way. No, and it's um like for you, you are um you're knowledgeable within this whole field. Like, can you imagine a mum receiving that who didn't do the work that you do and the delivery of it? And know, that tells me that tells me even more so they haven't got a clue because they're yeah. de- dealing with me and the deal's still dealing with it in that way. Yeah. But I just, I just, I just feel for me, like. There's a huge lack of empathy and compassion within all our systems because they're not created for togetherness. They're not created for unity. They're created in hierarchy and they're created in like separation. And many of our systems are not even created for, for free leaders. They're created for us to follow. And that's that's how the structure is. And uh, it's missing humanity. It's missing that we're humans, you know, and we're, we're here together and 
and we're a team and we get through things together. So I'm really hearing what you're saying and how you must be feeling. And I think they're the most difficult things to come up against is like inhumanity, you know, like inhumanness, where it's just like, treat me as a human when you're delivering something so so important it's so deep and it's so changing for Mila then the least thing that we need is to communicate not just get a letter no 100 percent. it's the whole it's the whole there's a lot of other things though to do with how they work with you as a parent for a child who's got higher educational needs mm. they give they give you the summer term report four days before the summer term support plan four days before the end of the summer term so i just get your head around that and ultimately i'm thinking i straight away think see i'm probably the other way than a victim sometimes where i go to myself right this has happened because you haven't been on the ball from before the summer term had I have met with them beginning, being more on the ball with the checkpoints of sitting down with them and saying, where's her, where's her support plan? Where's this? Where's that? Pushed around communication, said, where are you up to with the HCP stuff? Had I been more on the ball, then I think about how I could have prevented stuff like this. So I'm mm-hmm. sometimes, well, I think I, I know I am. I'm the other way. I'm not a victim. I often think I'm responsible mm. more than what I am. Because I'm always no, thinking I, about what I could have done. Yeah, no, I'm here. Yeah, we either blame others or we blame ourselves. And neither of them is good. Like if we look at this, what we're doing today, the victim is one end of the spectrum. You know, mm. there's like, there's the other end, which is what you're sharing on, um, which is more like, well, it's my fault then. I'm going to take everything on my shoulders like I always do because everything's my fault and I should have done this and I should have done that when in actual fact, it's neither. Like there's many things that no matter what we do, we can't change the outcome of it. But we find a sense of ease and control by taking the blame but we're not doing anything for ourselves we're just making ourselves feel worse in that process because it's not your fault Helen it's not your fault you're in a system that works how it works and you you could have killed yourself with doing this and doing that and like following up with this and making sure they've got that really the system doesn't work and you shouldn't have to be doing that if that was the case and do you know what it takes me back to it takes me back to when I went to view that school I remember that woman's face and I blame myself for not recognising in her face that she wasn't going to understand my daughter and it's funny isn't it because in them instances we know and our intuition knows and then we go I'm judging someone I shouldn't be judging someone and really our intuition speaks louder than anything doesn't it but there'll be a lot of learnings that Mila's had from now till when she leaves that she will have needed there's been a reason why you've been guided to that school there's been a reason why you felt like 
you've needed to put it in that school. So up until she leaves, there'll be learnings for her. And I'm sure if you were to feel into it when you're feeling in a better space, there'll be many things that you will have got from going there. Yeah. You haven't done anything wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. And just because it's ended doesn't mean it wasn't right. You know, we can have things that are right for the time. Many of us have jobs, don't we, that we're in for a certain amount of time and it doesn't feel right anymore and we leave. But it's not to say it was the wrong job for us. Yeah. I think about my experience, the business I had for 10 years, that wasn't wrong for me to do that. I learned a lot in them 10 years, but then after them 10 years, I was going on to a different path. So it's yeah. like, it's a change, it's a pivot. It's no one's fault. It's not right. It's not wrong, but it's time to move. We're being guided to somewhere else now. So you haven't done nothing wrong. And there's, I'm sure she's learned so much in the time that she spent there. There's nothing you could have done, Helen. So get off your own back for a change. Because you take on so much responsibility for everything and everyone. You take on everything. And you try and make everything better for everyone all the time. And this is just the time to be like, this wasn't my fault. I'm not taking this one on. My bag's heavier enough. I'm dropping my bag off my back. You've done everything that you could and more, Helen. Everything. You've done everything right. I know what you're like. <laughs> you're a little weighed up everything and looked at everything. And we always look for things we should have done, we could have done. But it doesn't change, does it? That this is where we are and we're dealing with where we are now and moving forward. No, definitely. And I still don't have any regrets. It's yeah, good. Cool. It's just, it's just disheartening. It's just, you have to feel what you feel about when people let you down, when, when you feel let down. Hmm isn't it when you feel like people don't live up to your expectations basically or it or obviously when it comes to your kids like mm. yeah it is it's hard to deal with um we have a lot of attachment to outcomes as well a lot of time like with houses i'm going to live here forever mm. or a job or a school and then we don't really notice that we have that like attachment because it gives us security and mm. when the attachment comes away it brings up everything in us from not just that time but from all the times before when someone lets us down it's not just that time it's every time someone else has let us down again it's like we've got these little buttons on our body and if someone presses them there's loads of memory in it of all these all these files from before so when we feel something we're feeling everything especially like i want to be this type of mother what was my mother like to me? You know, am I being who I want to be? This is my fault. And then it opens up all that. We don't even realize the amount of stuff that's inside our body. How much emotions that come up and how much we feel. Like one thing can happen and it can erupt everything. And so you can feel sick, you can have anxiety, you can get headaches. And it can be from so much more. And in them times is when we need this. We don't need the blame. We don't need the self-criticism. We don't need all of that. We just need this. We need to just, if we're not doing it ourselves, go up to partners, friends and say, hold me, hold me. I need a long hug. And they're not things that we can write down, are they? But they do so much for us. 
they do so much for us because in the midst of it all, if we're not putting the finger blaming someone else, we're blaming ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a big, massive um, virtual hug, Helen. Thank you so much for sharing, Helen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're always so, so strong and brave. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Inspiring, always. Okay. Right. Laurie, will you put our share screen on? And just go on to the next one. Okay, so signs of a victim mentality. So here we can feel powerless and helpless. And please keep in mind what Helen's just shared as well then about, um, you know, being the opposite end of the spectrum um, in all of the future uh, classes that we're going to have on, they're all going to have this scale on where they've got opposite ends of the spectrums and everything so we can cover all our, our angles. It's just that with this one, there's just so much to share. Um. So feeling powerless and helpless. Um, some people can feel like they don't have control over their situation or they won't even try to um, affect the outcome. So they won't feel like they're able to make any change in this situation. Now, as we're doing this work, we're doing this work for us, but we're also doing this to help us to better understand others and give us more compassion with other people. That's what we're all trying to get to. We're all trying to get to this space where we can be in our truth and share. Um, and we can also you know, understand other people and how they're feeling and they support us in that too. Victim mentality can also be self-abuse um, where we continue to put ourselves down. It was me, it's me, it's me. And we can we can really abuse ourselves, which can come from a feminine mother wound where we continue to believe that everything is us. And I'm, I mean, I think we've all experienced that, you know, at some point, all of these things aren't new. We're humans and we all experience this. And it's about us gathering the understanding of where it comes from and how we can resolve it. Um, so focused on negativity. Some people can complain about their tough life to attract attention, to fill a void in a conversation. Now, this can happen in a lot of spaces in... Um, within a conversation and someone shares about something that happens and within that time we can then say that's happened to me this happens to me and while that's beautiful and it really supports us in creating a connection it's also a place of um not giving the other person a chance to be heard in their experience so i don't know someone might say uh, i've got this illness and i'm not feeling well and someone can say, you know, I haven't been feeling well this week. But someone else says that because they're just trying to create a connection. That's how we create, create and connections by finding similarities within each other. But what can happen at that time is we can actually bypass another person, actually getting to feel their experience. So rather than us stepping in or someone else doing this to us, 
it'd be really nice for us to hear from someone. How are you feeling? Or when did that happen? Or how long have you had it for? Or have you tried this? This this made me feel better. In a really hearing someone in that space. Um, so we can blame the world. So we can blame others for our difficulties, our setbacks, and we can avoid taking responsibility. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we can take too much responsibility and not actually hand anyone else their stuff back. So we take our power back by accepting, you know, responsibility in our case and also giving back what's not ours. We, we must give back what's not ours, but to give back what's not ours, we must know what the fuck is ours. So not everything's ours, not everything's everyone else. There's always a balance. So it's like, okay, where can I take responsibility in this moment? I'm going to validate how I feel. I'm going to validate where I am. How I can take responsibility right now is X, Y, and Z. Okay, I'm taking that on. I'm taking it on the chin. But where you're going to take responsibility is X, Y, Z. And this is how we take our power back then. So we're not taking it all on with ourselves, but we're also not passing blame to other people. In our conversations, within our conscious communication, we never want to show up with a blame or a finger. It's coming up with uh, uh, an inner standing of it. So let's think of our communications. Think of the sandwich, the love sandwich, the truth sandwich, sorry. So we've got a sandwich here and right now. In the center is the burger. This is the truth. At the top and the bottom is the bread. This is love. So regardless of which way that we are, we might go in and speak truth where we're just like slamming truth. And we're not actually coming with any compassion, any empathy or any love. And we're coming from our own wounds a lot of the time and a lot of projection. Whereas when we come in, a lot of people are coming in with love. So it's just love and it's just niceness, but they're not actually fucking saying it, the truth. So truth without love. Truth without love is brutality. So we're either brutal and love without truth is manipulation. So we're actually just people pleasing and dancing around the facts. None of these create safety in any situation with human. We're human with this compassionate communication. So how do we communicate where we can speak in our truth, we can stand in our power, but we can also come from a space of love um, so that we're, we're happy with how we're communicating so we're not reacting. And when we're hurt in situations, it's so easy for us to react. And then later, you know, we integrate six months goes by, a year goes by, and we go, oh my God, remember when I done that in that situation? Because we're feeling so much in our body at that time. But we have the power to come into ourselves because we're actually grown and we can be like, okay, I'm feeling this in this situation. I'm feeling this in this situation because I've also felt it in this situation, this situation, this situation, this situation, while the situation is also painful for me. I know that I'm validating myself in this experience, but I also know that a lot of this can be stemming from, you know, X, Y, and Z. This gives us a bigger picture to actually stand in the position that we're in and be able to communicate. So when we said about blaming the world and blaming others for difficulties and setbacks and avoiding taking responsibility, and then we said about taking responsibility ourselves and also giving other people their stuff back, but knowing what is ours so that we're able to give it back. So we do that in the truth sandwich so something's happened with me and I need to bring this to light I need to say the truth about this because it's eating me up inside like I need to do it 
So rather than just saying, listen, this is the truth, it's, it's putting it into a sandwich of love. So I'm going to soften it. And then I'm going to say my truth. And then I'm going to soften it. And as we mentioned before, some people just go like that with the burger, slap, which is truth, which is brutality, which really isn't, there's not much humanness in that. They're not really coming from a compassionate place. And if we want that from others, that's what we need to share. Some people will just come in with a, with a bread and there's nothing in the sandwich. There's no truth there. So then that is the people pleasing and manipulation. They're not actually sharing their intimate truths. And we're not actually coming to a resolution with any situation because that person's got all their truth within them and they're not actually sharing it. So we're not actually connected in authenticity. So in any of our communications, it's a rule. It's a rule that we come in with love because we want to be compassionate and come from our heart space, which is so fucking hard to do, by the way, when we're actually experiencing triggers and activations. And how difficult is it to actually share our truth at times? It can be so difficult because we feel like, you know, someone's going to shout at us or someone's going to be annoyed with us or we're going to lose something in exchange of that. But the only thing that really matters is that we're in our truth. There's nothing else matters. We need to be constantly in our truth because we're not in our truth. Then we're just, who are we? Just living a lie. Just a pretend person that doesn't actually speak and be in the power of who they are. And if we come in with love, where we're not actually saying anything, we're not, we're not really being in truth of, of who we are, then we're actually manipulating because we're just getting people to like us. And that's fake because the person that they're liking is actually not a real person. It's just a person that we've made up so that everyone can be okay with us. So well, depending on what end of the spectrum we are, some, some of you might feel, right, I need a bigger truth in the middle of my sandwich. Some might feel, you know what, my sandwich is way too big and I've got no bread on this bun. <laughs> I've got no bread on this bun. So how do I put the bread on? How do I make it more compassionate? How do I send something where it's not me ego that's present, send in a message? Think of a text messages, we do it all the time. No, I'm send this. Whereas we do it, whereas I'm bringing consciousness into this now. I am in my body, I'm aware, and I am bringing consciousness into this communication right now. And I am going to acknowledge everything about them. Let me use an example. An example is I had a mirror delivered to my house, um, like a dressing table. And it was it was beautiful, but it actually wasn't what I asked for. And there was a lot of pattern in it, which is not really me. So they came and they dropped it off and they traveled quite away and they had to actually strap it to a van and everything. And it was a lot of bother for them. And it was it was handmade um, as well when they've they've done the, the bamboo in it. And when it came, I just said, um, wow, this is beautiful. I can see you've spent so much time creating this. I'm sure that you've worked so hard because it's such a beautiful piece of art. Thank you so much. Um, I don't really like patterns and no one actually asked me what frame I wanted. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you could take this, this, this and that off. Um, and again, I am so grateful for all the work you've done and I'm really excited to see it when it comes back. So I know me many, many years ago, I would not have wanted to change that mirror. Many, many, many years ago, I was just being like, oh, I can't be bothered with it. I cannot be bothered with it. I'm going to have to tell them and then you're going to have to take it back and then you're going to have to come back. But I don't like it though. And we have to speak up our truths. We have to speak up our truths. Maybe I would have been afraid of hurting someone's feelings or thinking that I was ungrateful or whatever. 
And then years ago, I would have been like, I don't like that. Can you take it back? Can you take that mirror back? I don't like it. So can you see how we've gone from opposite ends of the spectrum there, from being, you know, so much in love, really manipulation, shouldn't really say that love, um, and then coming to the other end of the spectrum with way too much of the brutality and the truth, whereas now coming into centre of putting it into the sandwich, this sandwich is supported me. I use this every single day in my life. I use it when I get triggers. I use it when I'm activated. I use it when I want to speak up, when I want to speak my voice. This is support of me immensely. It's a tool. It's a tool. And I believe it will support us all in our communications. Um, so, yeah, that was a little bit off onto a truth sandwich. But I hope it was um, supportive for communications. As I say, it's something that helps me every day. Every day, especially when I want to speak my truth, it helps me to, like come back into myself before I'm just like um so also in victim mentality it can be a sense of feeling cheated some people um can be envious or they can be resentful to others all these are darker energies you can hear it in it envious resentful um they believe that the world isn't fair and everyone is against them and this is a belief that we can pick up from a program from many years, all of these things that we have inside us, they're just programs and we're here to deprogram. They're just stories that we've experienced and that we've attached our identity to. And they sort of play out in our life. We can, um, I actually uh, was on a panel the other day speaking about trauma and the effects in the, the body and the cells. And someone shared an experience of how um, they, were made, they were left to cry when they were younger. They didn't really have a nature and relationship with their mother. And then this person then shared that his wife uh, was actually a narcissist and traumatised his children. And then this person then shared that um, he's having problems with his daughter and he's got in a relationship with her. So this, this, this story followed him from his mother into his wife, into his daughter. So it was like a feminine wound showing up like an idea known in um, in Carl Jung's theories is um, like the light in the shadow aspects. We have this type of um, idea of what a man and a woman is, which is um, the animus and the anima. So subconsciously, he's got this idea of what a woman is. And this idea of what a woman is, is following him right the way through his life because this is his belief. Um, and he had this belief that this is what happens to him with women. Like, this is what happens to him. So this is a deep story and a deep program that he's got. And if he continues to have that belief, he's never, ever going to break the cycle and change and have other experiences. So this is what can happen to us where we have to, how we break these cycles and chains in our life is simply by spotting patterns. That's the top and bottom of it. When anything happens, where's this been a pattern? Validated, feel it, all of it, yeah. And then we have to decode the experience. We have to link it. So we use deprogramming, decoding, and alchemy. And then we alchemize it. Where is it that this pattern's coming from? What's this belief I've got? What's this story I'm telling myself? Where have I attached this to me and my reality? 
and many of us have it many of us have so many stories and programs maybe we've been um a partner's cheated on us or someone's left us or um we had an experience as a child we start to build up this identity of who we are around these experiences and we build our beliefs and our worldview around this and our whole life is then created from this view everything in our future is created from these beliefs that we have so we've got to really get into that belief to be able to break it um we can remain stuck in the past so having this belief follow us is being stuck in the past but we're not aware of it because we're just experienced this is our current reality we're experiencing our current reality and not even now and not even having the consciousness the realization that it's actually a repeated pattern same person different body um remaining stuck in the past um some people can refuse to let go of things that have happened in life and can carry it forward with them. This happens because we attach our identity to these experiences, as we discussed before about, or how we feel. Um, for us, an identity makes us feel uh, feel safe. Our ego makes us feel safe. Us as humans, our minds and how it works is we like boxes and we like to put things in boxes because that makes us feel safe. But we never actually get to the core of who we are and what is actually happening if we continue to create these boxes because everything is outside of the boxes. So we've got the mind in the boxes, but we've got the body and we've got the spirit outside of the boxes. So if we stay in the boxes, we're never ever going to experience the spirit and the body. And we need all our mind, body, and spirit. It's like, what am I feeling in my body right now? How can I move it? We might dance, we might jump around and do this with our hands, we might scream, you know, it doesn't matter. We need to move it. We need to move it, move it, move it, move it. Okay, we'll move on. So people within victim mentality can take things personally. They can be really offended um, by those who are close to them. So they take it on like it's it's towards them. Um, people can either walk on eggshells around them to avoid defending them or always have to apologize to keep the peace. Now we find this pattern in our lives as we grow older. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry. When we hear people who are over apologizing, this is a sign of that there has been mental abuse within that, within that person's life, that this person has been made to feel like everything's their fault. This is mental and emotional abuse that's occurred in a person's life. So it can either come from like, You'll hear it in conversations with friends and people around you. They'll, they'll say sorry a hundred times, over-apologising. And this is a sign of this abuse. And I'm just inviting anyone that if, if you feel like you over-apologise, just to let yourself know that you don't need to say sorry. And if you come into contact with someone else that's over-apologising, please, please be that person in that space and say, it's not your fault. Be that person. Listen out for it and watch for it. This is a sign that there's been a lot of mental and emotional abuse that could have came from childhood. The person might be completely happy in this life as they are as an adult, but this is things that are running in the subconscious and many of the time they don't even know. They don't even know that this is an experience that they're living, that they're actually avoiding things and not in truth. So a victim can... Um, never admit to being wrong or being hateful towards other people um they can't handle being told that they are wrong that they hold judgments against people and always bring up things that are done to them 
even after they have received an apology. So it's like not being able to bring up the truth coming from a space where it's like coming from other people. And then um, when someone says sorry, not being able to accept the apology because they've been hurt that much. The hate is running deep. I don't even want the apology now. What are you even telling me sorry for? You've already done it. So it's this type of thing. They don't want any resolution. Don't want to solve anything. They don't want this to be a new page. So we can hold people hostage with moods. So this is the likes of um, like silent treatment, things like that. Um, holding back in communication. Can even withhold love and emotion from people. Uh, this is like holding holding people hostage with our own um, a, a way for us to gain control. And this can actually be a form of gaslighting as well and manipulation. If they are unhappy with everyone, um, other people must feel it to give them their attention. Um, Yeah, so this, another way that we can see this is, well, you didn't ask me to come. And it's like, well, you're already here. Like, you're always come. Like, they want a specific invite to this to this space to feel included because they feel like they don't feel included. They already feel, like, excluded from the group and from the space. They feel that. So they need the extra invitation. Uh, another way would be, uh, you know, like if you haven't seen someone for ages and you you send a message instead of being like, um, oh, how have you been? I've really missed you. I haven't spoke to you for so long. How was things with you? It's another word of like, um, you don't care about me. Where have you been? Just been off doing your own thing, have you? Rather than it being like, oh, I've missed you. There's two ways that we can choose to maintain that sort of situation. And obviously don't get the same in return. A parent keeps the child off school. Maybe they feel unwell, but maybe the parent wants them home because they are lonely or they don't want them to grow up as a child because it's the parents meaning of life. My meaning of life is you. So I can't let you be you because I need you to be here for me, which is not a parent. That's not a parent. That's being the child. And that's how we end up in cycles where adults are parenting, children are parenting adults. I mean, I've personally experienced that. I'm not sure of anyone else, like where you've been a child and you've actually been the parent. It's um and this is a, a form of trauma as well that we that we go through. So um let's see what our next one is. Okay, so let's just take a little second to write down. Um how has this shown up for you in your life? So we've we've had the information. Now let's, let's have a process while we're here. The integration and the embodiment of what we're doing is more important than what we're doing. If we don't do this stage of the embodiment, which is the integration, we can't create any change in our lives. 
it's absolutely pointless us being here and listening to what we're listening to if we don't create an understanding and a process for it. So there are many more questions here, um, but I'm just going to give you a second to feel into this. I'm not going to do the other questions. I'm just going to um, move on. So, Laurie, if you want to take the screen share off, please. So just have a second here and write down, even if you're sitting there and you can't think, what did you just learn then? 